The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is from Isaiah chapter 40. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he blows on them, and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble, to whom, then, will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, but young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but not of my own will. I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make use of my, my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became a, as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I, I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run, that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Immediately, 
Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Simon and those who were with him searched for him and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we continue walking through Mark chapter 1 as we follow Jesus, as he continues his attack on the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, undoing some of the consequences of living in a fallen world, healing various diseases, and casting out demons. He's going from place to place, town to town, preaching his message, which Mark recorded earlier in chapter 1, which would have been our, our gospel reading uh, that same Sunday that we had Life Sunday, so we had a different gospel read. So you would have heard this just a couple weeks ago, but Jesus comes into Galilee and he's, he is proclaiming a message. He says in uh, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So Jesus comes into Galilee preaching Love, not tolerance for evil, not acceptance of man's depravity, but real love, God's love, love that actually does something, that acts, that fights against the root cause of evil, of Satan and, of course, man's own sin. Repent, he says. Turn away from the evil, turn away from your sin, and believe the gospel. The gospel that is free of charge, as Paul would say. On account of Christ alone, you are forgiven, you are washed clean, you are loved by your Father in heaven because of what Christ has done in your stead. Return to your loving Father in heaven. That's his message. And it is a message of love. In fact, everything about Jesus is love. And we see that love in our Lord's concern for both uh, our bodily or our physical needs as well as our spiritual welfare. We see it in our gospel reading this morning in the way that he was, he was there just for Peter's mother-in-law, the way that he acted, he did something about it. 
he took her up by the hand, he lifted her up, and he rebuked the fever, and that it was gone from her. This is true divine love that he has for her. Love that does something, and he, he does the same thing for you. He has the same love for you. Now, do you remember uh, how we ended last week's gospel reading? How we ended last week's text? Jesus had just exercised a demon from the man uh, in the synagogue at Capernaum, and we're told at the end of that gospel, right before our gospel reading this morning, we're told this. At once, Jesus' fame spread throughout all of the surrounding region of Galilee. Well, what happens, do you suppose, when Jesus' fame spread? There's lots of people. There's a crowd now. Lots and lots of people are coming out to see him in our gospel reading. Mark says the whole city comes to Jesus. They're beating down the door of Peter's mother-in-law's house. But they're not there so much to hear this message that Jesus is proclaiming. Rather, they are there hoping to get a glimpse of Jesus, the miracle worker, the miracle man, hoping that he will heal whatever ails them, like a magic potion, maybe. No, they were just hoping to get a glimpse, glimpse of Jesus. It would be a lot like, I imagine, uh, the paparazzi would treat a celebrity today. We've got a miracle worker here, everybody. Jesus casts out demons. He heals the sick. This guy's got something that everybody wants, kind of like your own personal genie who grants wishes. Savior, eh, not so much. So at this point in Jesus' ministry, I could, you could say he's a bit of a celebrity himself. Everyone wants to see him. Everybody wants something from him. And how often do we think of Jesus in this way, too? In his great love for us, he acted, he did something. He made his way to the cross, giving everything to make you his own dear, precious child. But we treat him so often as if he's our own personal genie, demanding that he grant our wishes, our desires. And when he does, oh, then we'll gladly come out to see him. But when he doesn't, well, then we will quickly turn away and find someone or something else that will. Yet, throughout our gospel reading and throughout our lives, God still loves. He still acts. He still has compassion and mercy. Those things do not stop, for that is what God is. Verse 34, and throughout our reading, he, he healed many. He healed many who are sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons. But that is not why he came out, he says. In verse 35 of our gospel reading, it takes a turn. Jesus slips away from the crowd to pray. He goes to a desolate place. And there uh, he tells Simon and the others that come out looking for him, let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. You see, Jesus will not be reduced to some celebrity, miracle man, miracle worker. He is the very Son of God. He is the Word made flesh. And His love and His compassion and His mercy compel Him to go to the next place and to preach the Word. 
For that is why he came out, to deal with mankind's greatest need. Repent. Believe the gospel. Our culture is kind of obsessed with celebrities, isn't it? Did you hear that the Super Bowl is next week? Did you know that? Yeah? Will Taylor Swift be there? Will she make it there on time? To, will she be in her cozy little uh, press box or whatever you want to call it, cheering on Travis Kelsey as he takes on the Niners? And yes, I'm still a little bitter that the Packers lost to the Niners in the divisional round. But you need to tune in to find out what will happen. Oh, and by the way, here is a word from our sponsors trying to manipulate you into buying some piece of junk that you don't need. Yes, in the casino that is America, we sure love our celebrities, sports stars, music stars, business CEOs and moguls, YouTubers, movie stars, even politicians, even politician business stars, TV stars, hybrids. We have those too. And whether we like to admit it or not, many of these people are idolized and worshipped, especially by our children. That's not a good thing, because they sure aren't using their power and their influence to make humble, God-fearing Christians. I can guarantee you that. But just for grins, let's imagine that a big-name celebrity decided to join our service here this morning. Imagine, you pick who it is, I don't care, whoever, whoever the biggest name that you can think of, that person, probably Taylor Swift at this point, I don't know. Let's say that that person, though, is sitting here in the pew next to you. What do you think would happen this morning? I'm pretty sure that maybe not all of us, but many of us would be racing to get our cell phones. And we'd be racing to get our selfies and get them uploaded to Facey Page or Snappy Talk or Instachat or whatever these things are. And then as the word gets out on these social media outlets, as the word gets out and, and we, we, they, people now are going to hear the word, how long do you think it would take before suddenly they're beating down our door, trying to get their own selfie posted, trying to get their own rack, likes racked up on their own social media accounts? But of course, that's just our imagination. That is not... Reality, I don't think we have anybody famous sitting here this morning. Uh, yeah, don't think so. The whole city isn't beating down the door trying to get in here, though, are they? Well, I hope you do, but most people, sadly, don't care about what is being offered here this morning. Because here, we don't have 40-yard touchdown passes that bring 80,000 people to their, to their feet in cheer. We're not a company. We don't hire beautiful actors trying to sell you some piece of junk you don't need. We don't have big, a big flashy stage up here with your favorite singer belting out your favorite pop song that somehow you all know the words to every single song, but yet I often hear that memorizing the catechism is just impossible. We do not have here what the wor world seeks after fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. No, here, all we have is Jesus and his message. 
repent and believe the gospel. A message that is despised by the world and even our own sinful flesh. But it is a message that is loved and cherished by the new believing man that God has created in each one of your hearts. Let us go on to the next towns, Jesus says, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Jesus did not come to be a celebrity. He came to save. He came to be our Savior. And he came to proclaim his message of salvation to all. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. He came to, both he, to heal both our physical diseases and our spiritual diseases of sin, death, and yes, Satan. He came that we may have forgiveness and life in his name and have it abundantly, which is, of course, man's greatest need. So you see, all those healings and all of those exorcisms that he performed, those were meant to show people who he truly was and is. God in the flesh. That he is God who loves and has compassion and mercy. And his miracles were meant to point people to their eternal Savior and his word, his message that he proclaims. Repent and believe the gospel. Repentance and forgiveness. But people aren't exactly beating down the door to hear that message, are they? As St. Peter says, he calls them, he says, they're like irrational animals. They run around worrying about how to satisfy their next and greatest fleshly desires while ignoring their greatest need. And that need can only be satisfied in Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for sinners like you and me. Repent and believe the gospel. If they only knew, if they only knew what you know, that the same Jesus who lovingly lifted up Peter's mother-in-law and healed her, her fever, the same Jesus who cast out many de demons and, and healed many diseases, God Almighty in the flesh who saved us by sacrificing his life on the cross, is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, this same Jesus is once again present here for you. And all of his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, and his compassion, he is here for you for all sinners. Yeah, all we have here is Jesus. Thanks be to God, that's all we have here. Because in Jesus, you lack nothing. He gives you everything. You don't need to look anywhere else. He may not give you everything that you want. He is not your personal genie, after all. But he does give you everything that is needed for both body and soul. And what he gives is always what is best for you eternally. So keep that in mind. If they only knew, if they only knew what you know, you know, maybe everything that Christ has done for you, being present here to forgive you and, and heal you and, and to love you, maybe all that he has done for you just might motivate you to tell them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.